You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, hello, friends. How are you doing? Hope you guys are all having a wonderful week so far. Welcome back to another episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. Really happy to have you. If it is your first episode that you are joining in on, welcome. I'm glad that you found this little side of the podcast world. So I'm guessing you're a special needs mom or parent if you're listening in. If if not, I know I have a lot of non-special needs parents out there. So I, you're all welcome. And I do just want to take a minute and address that term, special needs, because I know it can have a lot of weight to it, it can have a lot of controversy, um, you know, around it. And even you may be questioning, is my child special needs? Does that define me? I don't know. I just want to say with so much love that it's just, it's just words. Okay. It's more about what do you resonate with? So that's part of it. It's just, you know, do you resonate with your life looks a little bit different than the moms around you? And maybe that moms that you normally hang out with, you just, you don't quite, you know, feel like you guys are the same. Like maybe you have different struggles, different challenges with your kid than the other moms around you or, you know, your family members that have kids as well. Maybe you just feel like you have different challenges to face and overcome in life. And I think that's kind of the heart behind the moms that I love to serve and the moms that I love to help out is just any mom who has those different struggles. That could be, you know, if your child maybe came from a hard place, maybe they were, maybe you're a foster mom and you have a child that came from a really hard background, maybe you adopted and I know that comes with some other things, trauma is not something to be taken lightly. It comes with different challenges. Raising a child that has trauma in their past comes with different, you know, different ways you have to go about things, right? And on the other side of that term special needs is I know that some people don't like it. Some people are, you know, say that's not the term we use anymore, but there's not you know, they don't really have no one has a clear definition of a term that will encompass all of the moms that, you know, whether your child has autism or trauma or a Cardi Goodyear syndrome like my son or Down syndrome, you know, there is no term or even ADHD. Like there's no term that just will cover all of those, an umbrella term, because I think that special needs is just anything different. I, and we can call it different needs if you want. It's just words to me, honestly. And I know that's I don't take that lightly when I say it like that. I don't mean to just flippantly say that. But I use the term special needs so that I can reach the most people, so that I can help the most people. Whatever I need to do in order to find moms that need to hear what I have to say today, that's the term we're going to use. So, and until someone can come up with a better term... (laughs) We're just going to keep going with it, right? Uh, Because, you know, we have, you know, moms of kids with disabilities, but that excludes some. We have medically complex moms or medical moms, and that excludes a whole group of people. So I just want you to know that it is not something I take lightly. It is something that I have put a lot of thought and I continue to reevaluate the terms every single 
like literally on a weekly basis. I look at that and I said, okay, is this a term we still want to use? And it comes down to my whole leading, my light, my, you know, guiding star, if you will, is what do I need to say to reach the people who are at a certain point in their journey? What term are they using? What are they going to recognize? What are they going to say? Huh, that might be me. And that's what we're going to use for now. Okay, guys. So I just wanted to share that with you guys tonight. I haven't really addressed that before publicly. I've definitely talked among moms, um, friends, other special needs moms or whatever, you know, X, Y, Z term you want to put there. Um, But it is a hard and I know it's a conversation that is definitely worth having. So, but I want to say that you're all so welcome here, whether you resonate with that term, you resonate with a different term, just whatever it is. Maybe you're like, no, our lives are pretty normal, but I'm still here for whatever. (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome too, okay? So, also, let's just jump in, you know? Let's jump in tonight because I think that what we're going to talk about tonight is something that is not going to just pertain to special needs moms. This is something that is going to pertain to all humans, all humankind, (laughs) because we're going to talk about worry. We're going to talk about worry. We're going to talk about courage. We're going to talk about bravery. We're going to talk about doing hard things. Yes. Are you guys ready? All right, let's get started. So worry is a normal part of the human experience, unfortunately. I think we all wish it wasn't, but it is there. It is part of being human. It is part of that experience. And no, it doesn't feel great. And some people do argue that it is necessary to feel worry. It has a purpose to our lives. And I just want to say that this is true, but only to an extent. See, the thing is, is we need to worry in order to survive, right? Worry is like a survival mechanism. It is something that we have adapted throughout whatever, all the time. And our brains have learned that worry helps keep us safe. So, and a good example of this, I live in Oklahoma. If you guys are familiar with Oklahoma, we have tornadoes. We have quite a bit of tornadoes at certain part of the year, like the May-June time of year. And if, so just in a scenario, kind of an easy way to describe how worry works, if you will, (laughs) is if I see a tornado off in the distance, I might start to feel worried about my personal safety And then I might seek shelter. I'm going to go to my cellar. I'm going to go to my basement. I'm going to go to my safe place. If you're in Oklahoma, you hear the weathermen on the channel. They're like, all right, Payne County, get to your safe place. (laughs) It's like part of our like culture here, your safe place, right? And if I go to that safe place, the tornado comes over my area and I'm in my safe place. I'm in my cellar, wherever I'm underground. I am kept safe. I am alive because I followed that worry. This is a perfect, simple example of how our feelings drive our actions. And from those actions, we have our results in our lives. So in this case, the feeling of worry, saw the tornado, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, that tornado is coming right for me. I felt worry from that. And that worry is what drove me to take shelter. It drove me to go to my safe place. And the result 
of that action, because we always get our results from our actions, was surviving the tornado. I didn't die. So, of course, our brains are like, worry, that's helpful. We're going to keep that. We're going to keep doing that, because that keeps us alive. And remember, our brain, the number one goal of our brains is to stay alive. It's seek pleasure, avoid pain, stay alive. Like, that's it. (laughs) And when we're living in survival mode, this is where worry gets tricky. This is where worry becomes unhelpful. Because the worry is constant. Because when we're living in survival mode, our brains are convinced that we are in danger. And whenever it is in the state, it is a fight, flight, or freeze mode, right? When we're in that survival mode and we're worrying, that puts us on a constant high alert. So our brains are constantly looking for things to worry about. What could be a potential threat? What could be a potential danger to me? I'm going to point them all out so that way I know what's going on. That way I know what to do to keep me safe. That's what the brain's job is doing there in that worry. And it feels, you know, to the brain, to that part of our brain, that survival downstairs part, it feels like it's doing a good job. And when in reality, though... It's really sometimes doing more harm than good, especially whenever we're in that constant state of survival mode. We're in that constant stress. And so we start just living from that place versus just being there when we need to be there when our safety is actually being threatened. So so what what does this look like? That's a lot of like science. We talked about tornadoes. We talked about the brain. You're probably sitting there. You're probably driving down the road. You're probably like, what, Lauren? Quit. Quit. Just stop. So, but what does this look like, right? Like to you, what does this look like to me? What does this look like on a person level, on a mom level, on a special needs mom level? I see this, guys. This is probably the number one thing I talk to my clients about. It is those fears of the future. It is worrying about that worst case scenario. It's worrying about those really big what ifs, those scary what ifs. And thinking, well, you know, what happens whenever I die? Who's going to take care of my child? Right? I think that's probably a majority of people's worries. Or it's thinking, what if my kid gets sick and, you know, because they're going back to school and there's all these viruses around. What if they get sick and they just aren't able to, or their body isn't able to fight that virus and they have to be hospitalized? What if we end up in, you know, in the ICU and just your brain spirals down that rabbit hole? All different ways that your brain will catastrophize things and just go to those worst case scenarios whenever you're in survival mode. This just gets it just gets so intense. It almost becomes an obsessive compulsive thing because you're constantly in that worry. Maybe you're waiting, just expecting that next meltdown. If your child has a lot of behavioral issues, you're just like constantly, you can't relax that's another sign that you're in there is you just can't relax and you're just constantly waiting like, oh yeah, they may be good for right now and they may be playing quietly over there, but you're just waiting for them to blow up. You're worrying about it. You're scared. You don't want it to happen. Or maybe all night you don't ever let yourself fully sleep because you're worried about what if they have a seizure? What if they get rolled over and they can't roll back onto their backs? What if they stop breathing? What if something bad happens? And I'm not saying that these aren't valid worries, guys. I'm not saying that at all. Because I've been there. 
I'm right there with you. But it's what we do about those worries that matters, right? And it's what we do in response to them and how we let them control. Are we controlling our worries? Or are we letting them control us? And worry, it leads to a lot of, you know, other not so fun feelings like anxiety. Think about that. I mean, that is literally at the heart of anxiety is you're worried that something's going to happen. Another emotion that worry is at the heart of is feeling overwhelmed. Because think about it. If you have a lot of different things going on, you feel like you're being torn all these different ways. Why do you feel overwhelmed? Because you're worried you're not going to get it all done. You're worried that if you don't get it all done, something bad will happen. There's worry again. It's always, it seems to just be at the root of a lot of different things. And worry is the heart of that living in survival mode. It is so deeply connected with it. It is the why behind so many of the symptoms that come with living in survival mode. And so whenever we're in this constant state of worry, you know, I've heard people, oh, you know, you just have to stop thinking about that. Just stop worrying about that. Oh, just, you know, it'll be okay. Just don't, don't worry about, like, that literally helps nobody. Right? Have you ever had somebody tell you that and you've been like, oh, thank you. Thanks. That really helped me. I no longer worry about my child, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm not even going to finish that sentence. No, it's not helpful. But what is helpful is learning how to manage it yourself. No one telling you to stop worrying is ever going to make you stop worrying. Possibly nothing is, I just hate to bring it to you, nothing may may make it where you stop worrying. But what we can do is reduce the worrying. We can try to eliminate the unnecessary worrying that you do. And that's, that's the good thing, right? Like, I'll take less worry over all the worry. Yeah. Because whenever we start to work towards getting out of survival mode, we start working towards calming down our brain, calming down our nervous system and that stress response, then our brains kind of relax. That survival part that's like, ah, things are going bad. We must stay safe. Something bad is going to happen. We're going to get eaten by a lion or something. That tornado is definitely going to kill us. (laughs) Whenever we're on that high alert of survival mode, Whenever we relax that, our brain is able to kind of say, huh, okay, I don't have to be on high alert right now. And it goes back to that logical problem-solving part of your brain that is able to say, this is the key thing, because you can think logically when you're not living in survival mode. It is able to say, okay, Lauren, talking to myself here, right? This is kind of how you do it. You know, you say, Lauren... Is this something that is immediately a problem? Because a lot of things that we worry about are so far in the future that they're not an immediate problem. And then I just give myself permission. Okay, you know what? That's literally not for another 20 years. (laughs) So for today, I'm just going to tuck that away. I'm not saying that I'm not ever going to, it's not ever going to get brought back up by my worry brain because it is. But we're just going to tuck it away just for now. Because if I don't do that, if I don't let myself tuck things away, I end up, because remember, our, our feelings create our actions and our actions drive our results. From that worry, I take a lot of actions that I don't like. 
I might freeze up. I might choose to not go do things with my family. I might choose to kind of just stay in our little bubble and stay safe just to make sure that nothing bad happens. But whenever we do that and we choose no action, we choose to just kind of huddle in, if you will. And that could even be metaphorically in life. If we choose to just kind of huddle in and not do anything, we're trying to avoid the pain of something bad happening, right? Because that's what we're worried about is our kid gets sick and then we're going to feel really bad and we're going to feel really sad and we're going to be hurt by that, right? But then we huddle in, we push away friends and family. And what we don't realize is that causes a lot of pain as well. Right? A lot of lasting pain because you have then, you know, separated your support system. I see this so often in in Overcome the Overwhelm is you've separated yourself from the world around you. Maybe you make the choice to not send your child to school. And listen, I'm not saying you have to send your child to school. Like, no, this is a case-by-case situation. But you have to evaluate. Maybe it's because you're worried about school shootings or something like that. And you have to evaluate what is right for your family. And the only thing I'll say here is don't make the choices out of worry. Make them from the logical part of your brain. Because you're always going to make the best choices from the logical part. Not the part that's like the sky is falling. Right? Yes. Absolutely. So we kind of have a choice. You know? We're going to have pain if the bad thing happens that we're worried about. We're going to have pain if we spend our lives trying to avoid that bad thing happening. And we try to fight everything we can to make sure it doesn't happen. Both ways cause pain. So we have a choice. We can either live in that fear that something will go wrong. And therefore, you know, we shield ourselves from anything going right. Because you're going to miss out on a lot of things. You're going to maybe push yourself in a way that doesn't feel great. And you're going to cause a lot of negative emotions, unnecessary pain in your life from that. Or you can decide to find the courage Despite the fear, I'm not saying get rid of the fear. I'm saying you find the courage. Because remember, bravery and courage, they aren't the absence of fear. Bravery and courage are being scared and doing it anyways. Doing what's best and going out there and living your life to the fullest. That is where you're going to find the most happiness. That is where you're going to find the most joy in your life. This is where you're going to find the least amount of pain and suffering. But guess what, guys? Life is always going to be 50-50. If it's done right. Okay, it's one of my favorite quotes by Brooke Castillo. Life is always going to be 50-50 if done right. Most people are actually more like 75-25. 75% in the negative emotions of overwhelm and feeling guilty about things and feeling, you know, worry about certain different, like worst case scenario, catastrophizing, right? Most people are spending 75% of their time in that place and only 25% or less in the positive emotions, in the joy, in the happiness, in the calm, in that peaceful place. What number would you assign, you know, assign to your own life? Can you do something brave, even if you're scared, to go out and make it more 50-50, to find more joy, to find more happiness? 
What are you afraid of happening that's preventing you from getting that, that happy, from getting that joy, right? We're never going to be without fear. We're never not going to be scared as special needs parents. We're always going to worry about our kids. We are. But we can't let them hold them back. And we can't let the fear of us not being good enough hold us back. Don't let the fear of making the wrong choice prevent you from doing what you need to do. Taking care of yourself. Right? Because remember, when we take care of ourselves, we're able to show up the best and take the best care of our children and of our families, of our loved ones. So, what is, I have a challenge for you, okay? I love my challenges. <laughs> I want you to go out today and do one thing that scares you. Yeah. It could be something small. Maybe you get really anxious, you know, talking to strangers. So maybe you go to therapy and you talk to one of the other people there in the lobby. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it is, I don't know, it could be so many different things. But what's something that scares you? That you know, if you did it and you weren't scared, you're like, oh, if I just wasn't scared, then I know I would like it. Well, you're always going to be scared. What if you were always scared? I'm not saying you will always be, but what if you're scared, but that's okay? Hmm? Would you go do it? What goodness could come from it? I bet a lot. So can you do it for a week straight? Can you do it for 30 days straight? That's my, that's my brave challenge. We'll be the brave club, okay? Let's go do something today that we're scared, but we're going to do it anyways because we're brave, Okay? Side note, I feel like they always tell us special needs moms, oh, you're so brave. And I hated that. I always hate that. But as I was writing this episode and I was writing this podcast, I was like, you know what? Maybe I've been looking at this wrong. I'm not brave because I'm showing up for my kid. I'm brave because I'm scared for his future. But I'm going to choose to be happy anyways. Yeah. I'm going to choose to take care of myself so I'm not living in that fear. I'm not living in that worry. I don't want to live in anxiety. I don't want to live there. I don't like it. I've been there. I don't want to be there. (laughs) So I'm brave and I show up for myself. That's what I do. All right, guys. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And just so you know, enrollment for Overcome the Overwhelm closes in just a few days. The last day of enrollment is September 1st. So if you want to get in on that, if you want to join the program and get coached and get out of that that worry and get over those fears and start living a life that doesn't constantly just stress you out, come join me. I would love to have you. We have a lot of fun in it. Yes. And you deserve it. Okay. All right, guys, have a wonderful day and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.